Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast, a podcast where we dig deeper into what it looks like to live a life where in the end, all that matters is God and people. Each week, we will have candid and authentic conversations about how every day brings a fresh beginning and that the best is yet to come as we work together to help fulfill the mission that Jesus has given us. Now, here's our host. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this special edition podcast. I don't know what we're actually calling this one. This is an answer to your questions. My name is Robert. I'm here with Chad. And we asked for some questions and said we would answer them on the podcast and we wanted to stay true to our word. And so we got a, a bunch of great, sorry, we got a bunch of questions. Uh, a lot of them were, uh, were great questions. Uh, some, some of them were just messing with us. There's, some of them were no definitely just, just messing with us. And uh, unfortunately, there was there was a lot of questions, so we're not going to get to all of them. Yeah. Uh, but we do want to answer some of the questions that, that you guys had and, and sent into us. And the first question I want to ask you, Chad, is what is the difference or is there a difference between soul and spirit in the Bible? Go. Yes. All right. Next question. I'm just kidding. Do you want to expand on that a little bit? Uh, of course I do. And I don't want to take all the time here. Uh, by the way, these questions, we just kind of, um, we're getting asked off the cuff here. That that way it's kind of a, a pure answer because there's some things that you guys ask, frankly, I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I don't know it, I'll just say, I don't know. And mm-hmm. Robert will just say, we don't know. So um, is there a difference between soul and spirit? Yes. Um, when you see the word spirit in the Bible... Uh, first off, you got to ask yourself, does it begin with a capital S or a lowercase mm-hmm. S? If it's capital S, it's talking about the Holy Spirit. So you have the Trinitarian God, the triune God, uh, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. So capital S is talking about the Holy Spirit. It's a lowercase S. It could be spirits, which usually when we hear the word spirits, we think Casper, the friendly ghost or whatever. Uh, but the reality is, in the Bible, when it talks about spirits in that context, uh, you're talking about supernatural beings, specifically angels. Mm-hmm. So there are holy angels that are spirits. They mm-hmm. play for God and his team. And there are fallen angels, which would be spirits. We call them demons, and they play for Satan's team. Mm-hmm. So you have the visible world, and you have the invisible world. And spirit is in the invisible world, yet the reality of, of the spiritual world is still just as real as the visible world. The invisible affects mm-hmm. the visible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The spiritual affects the physical. So you could be reading in scripture and, you know, first uh, John, it says, test the spirits. Well, what does that mean? Well, do they play for the good team and the wrong team? Mm-hmm. There are two spiritual forces at work in the world. One is right and good. And the other is evil and bad. Uh, I'll give you an example. This is why I would encourage you, if you're a Jesus follower, uh, don't get into horoscopes. Don't go see a fortune teller. Uh, Wrong team. Mm -hmm. Just because it's spiritual doesn't mean it's holy, Mm -hmm. right? So when it says test the spirits, how do you do that? Well, what do the spirits say about Jesus? Because good spirits will be about worshiping Jesus Mm -hmm. and will be about leading you to Jesus. It'll be all about Jesus. Yep. Okay. So capital S, Holy Spirit, could be lowercase s talking about spirits, or it could be a lowercase s talking about your spirit and mine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because there is a difference between soul and spirit. Um, you can look it up. I don't know the passage of scripture off the top of my head. Shockingly, I do not have the entire Bible memorized. I'm so disappointed. So use a concordance or you just go to BibleGateway.com and, and type body, soul, spirit in the search engine there and some verses will come up. Um, but we have body, soul, and spirit. So soul and spirit are different. Your body is what you live in. 
if Robert died right now and I went to his funeral and they would say, where's Robert? We would look down in the casket and Robert's body would be there. But would Robert be there? I'm dancing with Jesus. You're dancing with Jesus. No, he's not there. So what we're looking at is the container, Mm -hmm. his body is the container for his soul. The soul is who you are. Uh, The soul is the way God made you. The soul is what God knit together in your mother's womb um, before you ever came to be. The soul is, is, is who you are. So your soul lives in your body. Spirit is our connection with God, but we're born with a sin nature. And so the Bible teaches that we're born spiritually dead. So we have a spirit, yes, but it's dead. So in Ephesians, it says that we're dead in our trespasses and sins. That's mm-hmm. what that means. Mm-hmm. When you give your life to Jesus, you've been made now spiritually alive. Mm-hmm. We've been made alive in Christ Jesus in that same passages uh, of scripture. So we're dead in our trespasses and sins. We've been made alive in Christ. In the King James Version, it says we've been quickened. I love that. We, we, we've been quickened uh, by the Holy Spirit. And so what happens is when you give your life to Jesus is the Holy Spirit moves in and connects with your spirit and now makes you alive. So the Holy Spirit is our connection to God, the Father, God, the Son, and to each other's our brothers and sisters in Christ. So the rest of our lives... Our souls are deciding, do we go with the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. or do we go with the body, the flesh, our sin nature? Mm -hmm. And so your soul is constantly deciding between those two things that are at war. And of course, the great illustration is it's like there's two dogs fighting inside of me. There's one that's bad. There's one that's good. And then the question is, well, which dog wins? And the answer is the one you feed the most. This is why the Bible talks a lot about Um, thinking on the right things, thinking about what you're thinking about. This is why the Bible says, take your thoughts captive because you're either feeding the things of the spirit in your life or you're feeding the things of the flesh in your life, that old sin nature that's connected to your body and the soul is determining between the two. That's good. Well, that was question one and we're out of time. So that's okay. No, let's uh, let's keep on going through these. That was a you, that was a very thorough answer. I don't know if all of the answers are going to be that thorough, but that was that was pretty good. Yeah, probably not. Well, that's that's a big one, and I think it's a really good question. Whoever asked that, and uh, feel free to rewind and listen to it again. We, I'll teach on that a couple of three times a year. Uh, you're like, well, I didn't hear you last year. Well, you missed that weekend because uh, <laughs> we do that uh, because it's so important, and and the Christian life is learning on a soul level to surrender to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So. Good question. All right, Chad, how come uh, you skip some parts of the Bible? <laughs> Sorry, I had to ask this one because it's in the question. How come uh, How come you don't preach on every single passage of Scripture? How come uh, we don't cover, cover every verse of the Bible? The question was, how come there's some verses that we talk about on the weekends and that's some verses that we don't? Okay. Well, Go ahead, Chad. All right. First of all, there's nothing that we intentionally avoid. <laughs> um, I would say there's 66 books in the Bible. There's a lot of pages and there's 52 weekends in the year. So in thousands of pages of scripture and 66 books, uh, I'm not going to get to all of it Yeah. Um, in those 52 weekends. And we do take one weekend off. So it's 51 weekends. Yeah. Um, so just do the math, I guess, is, is my answer. Um, there's not anything that I intentionally avoid or, or would not talk about, but I will say this is going to bug some of you, but listen to what I'm actually saying versus what you think I just said. Okay. So just listen here for a second. All scripture is inspired by God. 
all scripture is useful. All scripture, it's written by the pens of men to the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Scripture comes from God, but not, hear this now in the way that I'm saying it, but not all scripture is equally important. Or helpful. Or helpful. Thank you. So it's inspired by God, all of it, but it's not all equally important. I'm going to prove it to you right now. You asked me to come see your friend who's dying and they're in their deathbed and they don't know Jesus. And they're asking questions about eternity. They're asking questions about, you know, I don't know if I was good enough. All of those things. How many of you in that moment would say what I would really like Chad to do in that moment for my friend is turn to the book of Leviticus Mm -hmm. and talk about why the Jewish people were not supposed to eat shellfish. Probably not in that moment. Inspired by God, but not as equally important as for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever trusts in him will not perish, but have everlasting life, which is John 3, 16. All scripture is God breathed. Not all scripture is equally important. And so reality is we don't avoid anything, but we're dealing with the reality of 51 weeks a year, 66 books in the Bible, thousands of pages and what matters and what's most helpful. Uh, And frankly, what helps people meet, know, and follow Jesus? Because that's the mission that Jesus gave us. That's good. All right. Enough on that one. Uh, This question came in talking about how do you love somebody from a distance? So this person's talking about a specific family member who's just kind of a jerk, uh, but they want to be loving to all people. They want to be loving to this person. So how, how can you love somebody from a distance? That is a great question. Uh, this is something we talk about at, at my house because we have relatives that we need to um, put boundaries in place with. Uh, it's not healthy for us to be around them. Frankly, it's not healthy for our kids to be around them. And so we, we manage that, that tension. Um, we, we love everybody, but that doesn't mean that everybody is healthy for us. For example... Let's say that I'm an alcoholic. I have a lot of sin in my life. That's not one of them. I I don't struggle uh, with being an alcoholic. I don't have that particular uh, disease or or issue. However, this is an example. Let's say that I'm an alcoholic. I've stopped drinking. I'm in uh, AA. I go to celebrate recovery. I'm on the road to recovery. And, um, you know, God is changing my life. And now there's some sobriety. And my old friends who hang on at the bar that we used to drink like crazy with are saying, come drinking with us, come drinking with us. And I say to myself, well, I still love my friends. I still care for my friends. The question is, would it be wise for me to go drinking with them? No. Mm -hmm. What would the loving thing be? Because we have this idea that love's always, I do what they want. No, 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 no. Love would be, because you love your neighbor as yourself. You love yourself. And you keep following Jesus in that and you do what's, what's right for you and you draw a healthy boundary there. Um, and perhaps the loving thing to do would be not to go with them, but let them know the change that's happened in your life and you wish that for them. Mm-hmm. So boundaries are just part of life. It's, it's just right. Um, and at the same time, we can love people from a distance, have the boundary there without allowing them or their influence in our lives. Mm-hmm. And that's always a place for grace. It's a tension that has to be managed and we have to practice wisdom too. Yeah. So, so you want to add to that? 
So I think there's a lot of people too that the the boundaries they have strict boundaries in in place because that person was abusive. It's not just that they're a bad influence, yeah, but it's that there there was some kind of physical, emotional, verbal, uh, mental abuse that that took place. And so you you come to a point where you go, enough's enough, and and there needs to be some boundaries in here. Um, and yet you can still forgive that person, yeah. But it doesn't mean you restore the relationship to where it was, that you allow them to keep uh, harming you in that way or abusing you in that way. And so how then, if I've forgiven somebody who's abused me, how do I love them, but then not be around them? Does that make sense? Yeah. There's a difference between forgiveness and trust. So the Bible commands us to forgive. And by the way, that's for our benefit uh, because it it frees us. Um, We did a podcast on forgiveness I think it's like episode two or three. It's in the beginning. If you want to listen to that, um, we're commanded to forgive. That's for our benefit, but we don't have to trust. The trust would be to continue the relationship, to allow it to be in your life. It's just not healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, Loving someone means we practice wisdom. And again, sometimes loving yourself means you don't allow this person into your life anymore. Um, You know, anytime somebody comes to the church and they're like, you know, my husband's abusing me. The only advice I have immediately when they say that is call the police. Mm -hmm. Um, There are some things that are just wrong. Uh, And and so you you put a boundary in place, you know, and you and you deal with it um, in in, in those in those ways. Um, Loving someone does not mean they have to be part of your life. What it does mean is you forgive them, you turn them over to God, perhaps you pray for them but it doesn't mean you have to be best friends anymore. So let's flip this around. Cause somebody did ask the question, how do you rebuild trust? So say you're the one that's hurt somebody. You're the one that now they've put up boundaries and, and you feel separated. How do you go about rebuilding trust when trust has been broken? Well, first thing you do is honor the boundary. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're busting through the boundary, you're saying what I want is more important than what you want. And that's not how you build trust. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, no one can earn trust. Everybody always says, you know, trust is earned. No, it's not. Uh, there's nothing you could ever do to earn my trust. Trust is given. Now, there's things you could do to make me watch and make me decide whether or not I will give you my trust. Mm-hmm. But trust is a choice. So if you are the offender mm-hmm. and you're wanting a relationship still with the offended, but they've put a boundary in place, you honor the boundary uh, because it's not about you. It's about what it means to love them now. And if they don't feel safe with you or they put some parameters in place, you honor that. That's how you would build trust. And that's how you would help them decide whether or not they want to give you their Mm -hmm. trust again. The other thing I would say is that trust is lost in seconds. Mm -hmm. uh, and And it's built um, over time, you know, over a lot of times. So trust can be lost in seconds, but but real deep trust is actually built over decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, trust is a fragile thing. And so um, the only way you can build trust is up close and over time. And and the the, the first thing would be, well, I can't be up close. Then, then give over time and honor the boundary. Because mm-hmm. it's not about you. It's about them. Yeah. Yeah. And and whether or not they want to give that to you again. So So you just, so you just honor that. That's good. I would say be consistent. Be um, If you're still in the relationship, be consistent. If it was some kind of betrayal, you know, let them look at your phone, whatever. It, it depends on what we're talking about. Um, my wife and I, we've gone through some varying challenges in our marriage. 
uh, we do the best we can not to have any secrets at all. And that hasn't always been the case. My wife can look at anything on my phone anytime. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't delete any texts. Yep. I can look at anything on her phone anytime. She doesn't delete texts. These are all things we've put in place, even in recent days, uh, to build trust because mm-hmm. that's what we're about. Yeah. I go on and on on that one, obviously. Well, it's I'm a great gonna, question. I'm going to shift gears here. This okay. question came in, uh, Jeremiah 10, three through four, which... I know you have this memorized, but I went ahead and looked it up uh, just in well, case. Well, just for the listener's sake. Yeah, I'll, I'll actually read a couple verses around it. It okay. says, uh, hear what the Lord says to you, people of Israel. This is what the Lord says. Do not learn the ways of the nations or be terrified by signs in the heavens, though the nations are terrified by them. For the practices of the peoples are worthless. They cut a tree out of the forest and craftsmen shape it with their chisels. They adorn it with silver and gold. They fasten it with hammer and nails, so it will not totter. So that was the verse. And the question is, is it okay to have Christmas trees? This is a real question that came in. Okay. I'm just asking the questions. I'm just the messenger. I've been here, asked Jen. this on the patio before. You're kidding me. Really? No, I About have. this verse in uh, particular? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then they, they pull out their Bible and read it to me. Um, it's okay to have a Christmas tree as long as you're not worshiping it. Such as? That's my answer. If you're not bowing down to the tree, meaning you're putting your hope, your trust in it, you're not, if you're praying to the Christmas tree, don't have one. All right. If, if you're putting your hope in the Christmas tree, don't have one. If you're saying, oh, Christmas tree, bless my life, don't have one. All of these things are about worship. Yeah. So in the modern world, at my house, I'm going to have a Christmas tree. I don't worship the Christmas tree. I worship Jesus. Uh, but the Christmas tree looks nice over in the corner and we put our gifts under it. That's its only purpose. <laughs> and it's fine. Yeah. The context of this, obviously, it's talking about idols where people would carve images and worship them as gods. Uh, That's not the same as cutting down a tree from the forest and putting it in your living room and decorating it. Maybe just don't sing Oh Christmas Tree, because that sounds uh, like like maybe you're walking the line there. I forgot about that song. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many things in the Bible like that. We we think it's about the specifics, and it's not. It's about the principle underneath. Yeah. And the hearers never would have thought pine trees in their living room. (laughs) No. I mean, no. I mean, this is this is... This is a far stretch here, but yeah, yeah, you know, don't, if you're not worshiping the tree, it's okay. All right. Here's another question. How do you have hope during your darkest days when you've done so much damage? That's a good question. It is a big, broad question. Go for it, Chad. There's always hope. Why? Because Jesus lives. Um, there is more grace in Jesus then there is sin in you. And that will always be the truth forevermore. Um, At the end of the day, we do deal with consequences. Mm -hmm. So it could be that you have something in your life. I mean, just to say it, I mean, you you blew something up Mm -hmm. and the shrapnel's everywhere and people got hurt and that's real. So is the grace of God. Um, you can't do anything about your past. Uh, perhaps you need to confess. Perhaps you need to ask for forgiveness, but you can't change whatever it is you did. But our hope for the future is not in our performance, but in the grace of God. Mm-hmm. And so what we do to find hope is we don't dwell on the reality of our sin. We dwell on the fact that we have a Savior who we didn't surprise by the sin, who we didn't shock by the sin, uh, who, 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 you know, wasn't all of a sudden like, I can't believe you did that by the sin. No, 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 no. 
God proved his love for us. This is Romans 5, 8. God proved his love for you in this. While you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. What does that mean? God is sovereign. God transcends time. God knows everything that you have done, are doing, or ever will do. This is why he sent a savior. He knew you would need Jesus. Jesus died for all of that sin before you were ever born. There's great hope. It's already been paid for. The question is, will you receive it, walk in it, trust in it? Mm-hmm. And, you, and you focus on the hope that we have in Jesus. Uh, which is what the Christian life is about. The Christian life is not about earning, it's about receiving. Mm-hmm. And so we receive what Jesus did for us. We trust in that and in that allow the Holy Spirit to birth a new hope in us, which is the hope that we have in Jesus. There's yeah. always hope. Yeah, in many ways. If you're experiencing despair, if you're experiencing uh, hopelessness, uh, if, if if you study the Bible, really the whole Old Testament, the law, the prophets, all of that, um, its purpose is to get you to a point of despair and hopelessness in yourself. The, the whole purpose of the law is it's a mirror and we look in the mirror and go, I can't keep this law. I, I can't keep all these rules. I can't keep. And, and the goal would be that, that we would lose hope and we would exchange our hope. We would stop putting hope in ourselves and our effort and our performance, as you said, uh, and we would find hope in Jesus who's perfect. And, and who lived a perfect life for us. And now we have hope because his life, his resurrection, the power of the spirit is now offered to us. That's what our hope is in. And so I think if, if somebody's listening and they're having this moment of, I'm feeling despair, um, in some ways you go with that. Uh, yeah, because you're not a perfect person because you, you are in many ways on your own, totally helpless. And, and that's why we need a savior. And so we, we exchange that hope. So if you're feeling hopeless, my guess is the hope's been put in the wrong thing or things. And, and so the, the point of the Bible is, hey, all of that stuff that we do, all of our performance, all the law, it, yeah, it's meant to show us how hopeless we truly are and to exchange that hope for a hope in Jesus. Yeah. We are all, so beginning with me, more sinful than we can possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. And we are all, beginning with you and everybody listening, more love than we ever dared hope. Uh, you said that really well, Robert. It, it, if you're hopeless, you've put your hope in the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. If you're hopeful, you're mm-hmm. leaning in the right direction. It's about what we focus on mm-hmm. and what we trust in. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Jesus, there's always hope. Yeah. And I would say just even real practically, anybody feeling hopeless or despair, or they're in a dark moment or, or whatever. Um, when we're in dark moments... Somewhere in our minds, there's a lie that we're listening to, or we're telling ourselves, or we're repeating, or to your point, we're focusing on. Uh, Replace the lie. Replace the lie with the truth. The truth of, this is what Jesus has done. This is God's love for you demonstrated through what Jesus has done. This is who God says that you are. This is your new identity in Christ. Uh, These are the things we want to focus our mind on, and in that, hope begins to build up again. And, And so if you're in a place of feeling despair, my guess is you need to identify whatever that lie is that you're listening to, that you're thinking, that you're repeating, that you're telling yourself or that you're allowing others to speak to you and, and replace it with the truth of who God says you are. Well, let's go back where we started. Okay. Body, soul, mm-hmm. spirit. Mm-hmm. If you're a follower of Jesus, you, you have that Trinity thing in you, mm-hmm. body, soul, and spirit. Um, it's different than God, but it's in the image of God. There, there, is, there is three parts to us. You're in control of your soul. If you're hopeless, your soul is focused on what you can do or not do or what situation you've created. You can also be in control of your soul and focus on the things of the spirit. 
and in that what God can do. And that's what makes the difference. So why so downcast, O oh my soul? Mm-hmm. Put your hope in God. That's from the Psalms. And then Jesus says, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. Yeah, all of it. That's good. Well, that's our last question that we have time for today. And uh, grateful for you guys listening. Again, if you have questions that come in, you can always email us at questions. I'm, I'm asking that because I don't actually know the answer. I think it's questions.sv.cc. Or go there. I don't no, know. No, no, no. It's email. Question at sunvalleycc.com. There it is. Questions at sunvalleycc.com. Or just go on the church website and start clicking on everybody's email and send them in. Eventually, <laughs> they'll find their way to us. And so uh, you can do that as well. Or you can also subscribe, like, all that good stuff, comment, and uh, we'll try and get some questions together and, and answer some more down the road at some point. Yeah. Subscribe, like, comment on the podcast. And if you would, please share it with somebody. I yeah. had several people tell me, hey, I started listening. I didn't even know it was there. Let's share it. Let's get the word out. And uh, if it helped you, then use it to help somebody else. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening to us so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you left us a review or shared this podcast with a friend. Doing that will help us reach and help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you're always welcome to join us online or in person for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc. Thanks for joining us.